0: All of them really start with the ways that we're doing it to ourselves first, right? So the world is suppressing us. The culture suppresses us. That all happens. That's all reality. And we do it to ourselves. And if we don't address that first, we can't begin to ask the outside world or the culture or the patriarchy to do it for us. We've got to first embrace our own wildness. We've got to first look at where we're taming ourselves. Today we thought we would talk a little bit about, I don't know, being tamed, right? I've just started reading the book by Glennon Doyle, Untamed, and I just thought this was such an interesting topic that really fits with the things that Laura and I care about, about how women are often tamed. We're taught to be less than we actually are and and not fully in the power and the wildness we're capable of. So uh, yeah, we'll see where this goes. I'm really excited for this conversation. What do you think, Laura?
1: Yes, I am as well. And you know, I'm a big fan of Glennon Doyle, and I've heard her on podcast. And I definitely remember—I haven't read this book, but I've heard her interviewed about this particular one. So I'm excited to dig in because I think that she brought up a lot of really interesting reflections. And I think that that's what you and I are always looking at right now is like, where does the feminine energy that we're like, where do we bring that? Fully? And where do we allow ourselves to be untamed and to be wild and uh, to be authentic? And then where do we hold it back? Where do we damper down, pull back, try to placate or please? And
0: yeah. Yeah. And so she, just for anybody, like it's a really great book and I'm, and I'm just at the beginning of it, but just for anybody to have a little bit of context, she talks about the beginning of the book, this experience she had when she went to a Zoom. And there was a cheetah. And the cheetah had basically been conditioned from birth to kind of walk in the footsteps and follow this Labrador. And so it was all about how the cheetah had lost its nature, right? Like it had its nature, but it had been tamed. It had been conditioned to not be in its nature. And I think that is the piece that really um, struck me today as I was thinking about this because I was like... It is about how we as women are not allowed to be in our nature. And that conditioning starts very, very early on. As children, we're taught to be polite. We're taught to be pretty. We're taught to be, you know, like to look good. We're taught to act a certain way. And all of it really is about suppression, right? It's really about putting us in a box, you know, taming us, making sure we fit in, making sure we serve others. You know, there's all these ways in which we're really tamed. And so we lose that sense and that connection to who we are innately. And that deeply affects us.
1: Absolutely. And you know, this makes me think of another poet that I also, another writer and poet that I love, which is Mary Oliver. And for everyone who listens, you know, or reads her, she's very much, she writes actually a really interesting thing about her is that when she would write her poem, she would be walking in the woods. Like she's like, I never sat at a desk. I never sat in this, like, Oh, I'm writing. She walked and wrote and walked and experienced and she would go into the wild. She'd go into nature and just start to feel the inspiration. She said, and she would just get like a, you know, a phrase, she'd get a word, she would see something and, you know, it, it would just all be these moments that she would write and write. And then at some point, all those fractal pieces, all those wild moments would come into a poem, into a stanza, into something more complete. And uh, one of the hers that it's the wild geese poem that I love and uh, just came, this came up with a client of mine recently as well. And I was like, I love the, the wording where she says, allow the animal body to love what it loves. And she really would speak to that wildness and to that innate need to be embodied, to be in our desires, to be in our drives, our natural instincts so much of what being a woman is right? It's like naturally driven and we're so connected in so many ways to ourselves into the moon cycle into you know nature and so what happens just like that cheetah i think glenn and Dora was like so what's happening to us if we are really taming down and really limiting that nature that exists inside of us that's just so wild and beautiful and powerful
0: yeah and i think you know one thing to really address as well is the the word wild right like cuz how does that make you feel right i th- i think like instantly when i hear wild i i cringe like i can feel myself resist that word because we've been indoctrinated that wild is like savage is like something wrong like it's there i don't know there's like this idea that wild is out of control right i i can like almost feel the word and what it means and how we've been indoctrinated not even to embrace it. I mean, wild just means in its nature, right? If you really look at what wild means, like out in the wild, in its natural habitat, in its nature, and yet somehow the conditioning we've had around the word wild is really intense.
1: I think there's been a lot of conditioning in in the wording of like things that are you know, and I've seen that pushback in certain women's circles and women's movements even is to use the word like wild woman. And I will admit that that context is harder for me to even I'm like, okay, so what is that, you know, versus wild in nature, like that one, I can, I can get. So it's interesting that even associated then with a woman, as you know, it's like, okay, so what, what, what is that conjuring up, you know, how wild how, uh is that just a whole bunch of People thinking that they're wild because they're breaking conventions, or is it, you know, what is that exactly? When I think of the term wild in wilderness, then yeah, that makes more sense. And that's the wild that I want to reclaim. That's the connection that my body has with other animal bodies that I want to make a priority, I know for me. And isn't it interesting how even as I'm talking about this, this is not something though that will come up in a business seminar it doesn't come up in like the SBA like how to get your how to get your business started right it's like have you thought about your animal body <laughs> have you thought about what your body needs to do in your business like that's something you and I were really curious about even 12 years ago but think about how that is not common language
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't talk about having a wild business, but I mean, like the reason we talk about this topic is because, you know, we spent, you can look at this in terms of the last few weeks, like we've really been exploring, you know, how do we be more in our intrinsic nature? How do we intrinsically lead? How do we really like embrace our strengths? How do we really access our desires, right? These are all things that we've explained in several other episodes, about how important those things are. And they really all talk to our wildness, to our nature, to who we are without being tamed without being contained without being domesticated right like i mean that's really what we're talking about and women in our wildness in our nature we have so much power which of course is why we've been taught to be tamed you know why we've been taught to be conditioned is because you know the patriarchy does not want us untamed <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. I mean, and of course, one of the first things that comes up um, in my mind, and we've talked about this before, is this connection, like when I think about female professions, women's professions, in which the more connection they had to the wild and to nature and wilderness, the more powerful it was, It's obviously birth work, right? It's like the ability to be a midwife, an herbalist women had that gift and they would have this relationship with the wild and understanding like, okay, what was poisonous? What was toxic? What was healing? What ways were these different herbs and plants and medicinals, like how they could use these things. And then when the sort of patriarchal medical lens came in and it was like, oh, okay, no, we're civilized and sophisticated in our approach to science. And, and like, I have to say, as the back psychology background, like these were people that thought it was okay to lobotomize the brain and housewives that had depression, which we all know was cultural yeah, and not a part of their brain problem. And that was like the male science of the time. Like we know better. We've studied the science. So we are uh, more effective and really started to pull women away from that profession in which they even called them witches. And they started to say that that was, you know, witchcraft to be able to still understand herbs and for medicinal purposes and such. So isn't that, I mean, you just look at our, look over history, right? And you see that even where women were really, I'd say, claiming their connection into nature and into their wild intrinsic self, that was quickly turned around and that power was taken out. As soon as it could and re- was replaced with the linear mind over body science, you know, factual, what we can see is what we believe. There's no other reason to believe anything.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, the piece of that is that it really it really limits our power, like the, the power we're capable of at 100 percent. With the containment and the tameness that we have in our culture right now, I mean, you know, we're using 5% of our power. Like that's the difference that we're talking about. And so when you're trying to create wealth, when you're trying to create a successful business, when you're trying to, to balance everything, right, home life and, and work and everything else – We really need that 100% of our power, right? But we're operating in like 5%. This This is what we're talking about. This is why it's important not just because we want to talk about how the feminine is suppressed and you know women are you know become you know, like aren't equal like that's all very important on a cultural level as well but what we're really talking about is access to our full potential access to our power access to our capacity access to our gifts that's what we're talking about and i think what we have to look at is the way we tame ourselves right because that's where it starts I mean in so much of the work that i do with my clients we look at these different lenses right so you can look at uh, like strengths is a lens and desire is a lens and you know being tamed or untamed is a lens like these are all ways in which you can slice some of the same issues and all of them really start with the ways that we're doing it to ourselves first right so the world is suppressing us the culture suppresses us that all happens that's all reality and we do it to ourselves. And if we don't address that first, we can't begin to ask the outside world or the culture or the patriarchy to do it for us. We've got to first embrace our own wildness. We've got to first look at where we're taming ourselves. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Because we can spend all this time. I'm so glad you brought it back to that. Because, you know, as a systems therapist, I'm always looking at that cultural conditioning because it's super important to realize that we do not exist in a vacuum and the way that the society is formed and the way that systems are set up definitely influences our, you know, how we've internalized these things about ourselves. Yet we are not powerless. Then even when we feel that we can't create a systemic change, which we all hope on our own, you know, in our own ways to be able to do, but that can feel really daunting. Like, oh, look what's happening in the world. How am I going to do anything to change it? Well, it starts with, with your power is your internal self. What is the consciousness that you can raise? What is the awareness within self? So you do have this power to start thinking of like, oh, so where have I, unconsciously been suppressing my inner cheetah. You know, where have I not let her out? Where do I feel comfortable letting her out? Like when when are the moments that I do step into that and pay attention? What are those conditions? Who are the people that you're around? What are you doing in those moments? How does your body feel in those moments? And so by just bringing more consciousness and awareness, that's power to shift ourselves to be cognizant of like, oh, I, you know, I could just bring in a little bit more wildness every day in the way I play with my kids. You know, maybe I need to to stop worrying so much about the mess and just go a little bit more free and encourage them to do so as well. Or maybe it's in my personal relationship. My partner and I want to be, I could be more playful. I could be more sensuous. Like, am I holding myself back there? You know, so I think there's ways we can look at different areas and just play a little bit more and see what could we shift.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I I think, you know, so much of this is about an awakening, right? I mean, when you start to awaken to the fact that we're tamed, right, when you really start to look at it through that lens, you can't unlook everywhere. And I see that with a lot of my clients. They'll start to awaken to this new way to see things, right, through the feminine lens, through this, you know, new way to look at how things are. And then it's like you can't stop seeing it. It's everywhere. It's indoctrinated in so many different ways. It's so subtly through every thread of our lives that the that women are so subtly repressed, right? I and you can see it in the way that men and women are indoctrinated as children, right? Like like boys and girls. So I think she gave in the in the book she gives this example of like teenagers and she goes into a room and all the boys are like sprawled across the couches and the girls are all neatly folded on the floor. And like when she asks them if they want to have something to eat if they're hungry, the boys are like, they kind of check in with themselves and like, yeah, I'm hungry. And the girls start looking at each other, right? They start looking for like a, a a joint kind of decision. And then they all kind of, after looking at each other for a while, one says no, we're fine. Thank you. And I think that you look at it and that's the kind of difference in boys and girls is that boys are taught to take up space. Girls are taught to not take up space. Boys are taught to check in with themselves and decide what they want or don't want. Girls have to look outside themselves to decide what they want. Like this is the indoctrination and you can look at it in yourself. Like how much of your life is like that? How much of your life are you trying not to take up space? And maybe your husband or your partner or your brothers or your dad, you know, like they just take up space with no problems. Like you can really start to look at these things in your life and and it's an awakening. It's an understanding of like, oh my gosh, I never, I'm so in it for my whole life. I never really even saw it before.
1: Yes, absolutely. That one's a great example. of like the teenagers because you see it, you know, that's like, that's still pretty early on in our life, but look, those messages have already been internalized and yeah. And so a lot of these things are going to be completely unconscious and be harder to even just dig at. And then some of them, as we're talking, you're going to be thinking, Oh, I'm seeing it now. Like I'm seeing how this plays out. And that's really why, you know youth, and I, Sonia, have these conversations. A lot of it is conscious raising around it because we know, like, if you start thinking about where is this showing up in my life, and how could I do just a little bit of tweaking, you know, to to shift that. And I think that that piece of checking in with me and versus checking in with the environment and the other—it's like on one way that serves women really well. We're great community builders in that way because we. We can really feel, we're very empathic, we can um, really be able to understand like what's happening in the room. But that inability to really tune in to ourselves is costing us. There needs to be that balance. There was actually a recent study I found fascinating. I think it came out of the UK. I cannot quote the journal, but it was interesting research on compassion. And it showed that for those people that have a harder time receiving compassion or having self-compassion, they struggle more with anxiety and depression. So it's not just, oh, can I be compassionate to others? The question is, can you also be compassionate to yourself? Because there is a cost, a possibly a psychological cost in our inability to receive compassion, our inability to give it to ourselves. So I really think that that's kind of interesting because I think it's compassionate to allow ourselves to be wild. I think that that's what Glennon Doyle felt was like sadness when she saw that cheetah. I think she felt compassion and sadness that that cheetah was not allowed to step into her full self. And so what happens if we start to really receive that, like receive the wildness, receive that nourishment that we've been somewhat or possibly very much denying ourselves?
0: Yeah. And I think... You know, this This goes into so many different layers, right? And one of those layers is our lives would be a hell of a lot easier, right? If we were just innately ourselves, if we weren't always trying to be more, trying to be something, trying to like operate differently than our nature, if we weren't always trying to like operate outside of that wildness. Our lives would be so easy. If it would be effortless. If we were just operating in our innate self all the time, it would be effortless. And I think that says a lot and is really interesting, you know, to to look at that because I don't know, it's just so much work, right? So much work to be women. It's so much work to fit in our box, to stay tidy, to be pretty, to, you know, not speak out, to not You know, affect anyone to not stand out too much. To to, it's like I just feel like we're always, you know, encased. Don't be too loud, but don't be too soft, right? Assert yourself, but don't assert yourself too much. You know, like we're we always have these parameters. So how much work is that? How much work is it for us to have to remember subconsciously or consciously five thousand ways of being that we should be instead of just being wild? Like you look at animals, right? The ones that are in the wild. They don't think about how to act. They don't think about what they need to do. They just run on instinct. They just run on who they are. They just, they're not, they're unapologetically themselves. So why are we not unapologetically ourselves? I mean, our energy level would like go up so much. Our capacity would go up so much. We would get so much more done if we were just allowed to be ourselves.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was like, that's an energy management challenge because we are spending so much energy keeping ourselves contained, keeping ourselves within that box. And the amount of energy that would then, like you say, come back into our bodies, be accessible to us would be, yes, amazing. And it could heal so many of our emotional imbalances because we would have all that energy. So what's interesting is that is actually true, you know, the sort of the, The Animal in the Wild, that was the beginning of my mentor's inspiration for somatic experiencing. So, and I think everyone knows here, knows that I do somatic work, but my training, the meatiest part of my training is somatic experiencing. And Peter Levine wrote his original book is Waking the Tiger. So we're going to talk about some felines here today. So go get untamed and learn about the cheetah and go get waking the tiger and learn about the tiger within. And that was what his question was. As a scientist, he was like, this is interesting that animals are not traumatized in the wild. Why is it? that they can go through a severe collapse and disruption in their nervous systems and yet come back online as if nothing happened. They seem so much better at that than human beings. And he found, well, it's because we get in our own way because we're actually just too smart. Our prefrontal brain is more evolved than other mammals. And we use too much of the thinking mind in our day-to-day when we should be trusting the body. And that's something that women learn. I know we talk about childbirth a lot in here. I can't help it because it was like big learning experience for me because I had two experiences. One where I tried to stay in control as a 26 year old. I was like going to use my all my techniques and I was going to use my mind to make sure that I had a good childbirth experience. And I quickly found out that my mind had no authority whatsoever in that process. And I had to learn to trust the body. So the second time around when I was 38, then I completely trusted the body and it was still painful, but not as scary, not as overwhelming. And I really learned to trust the body. So women have this beautiful innate trust in learning that's really Even we just have more opportunities, I believe, than even our male counterparts to step into that. Even if you're not a childbearing mother, there's ways in which women just step into that. So I love what you're saying, because that has been the basis of my interest in working with healing ourselves, healing our emotions, healing our bodies, you know, healing our psyche is that it's an ability to really embrace ourselves. And that's our wild nature, what's intrinsically true.
0: Yes. And I think it's great. You know, so much of my reframing lately is really around just reinforcing this idea that it's not about us learning new stuff. It's about us unlearning, right? It's not about us being more. It's about being less more of ourselves, but less of these identities that we've put on top of ourselves. So in so many ways, the growth process is actually a removal of things rather than an adding on of things. So, you know, I just say that because I think sometimes we have such a a mindset around growth and needing to be more as women that almost instantly as soon as we hear something like even this, I need to be more wild right? It's not that you need to be more wild. You just need to be less tame. (laughs) So let's reframe that because I think, you know, notice in yourself when as soon as something else, as soon as you want to change or transformation, you start to think about what more you need to do, what else you need to become, what what do you need to add on to your life, what other things. Instead of looking at what do I need to take away? What do I need to let go of?
1: Yeah. So, so true. I love that because we can always feel like we need to be something more. You know, I got to do something. Okay. Now I got to get better at this, or do more of this, but really it is, it's, a, it's, a, it's letting, like, it's letting things go that no longer serve us or support us. It's not doing more. It's doing less. I mean, that's that wisdom. And like, less is more, less is more sometimes. And this is in a, a a good reason because wildness is less effort. It's just being true. It's following your impulses. It's following your intuition. It's following the energy and not trying to be something more or something that is what you've been told that you need to be, or what you have seen that you feel like you need to be. know that just takes so much more energy protecting ourselves. And you know, it's really interesting. This is again comes back to the work with my clients. It's the same challenge sometimes when they come into therapy. It's like, what can I, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to just get a sledgehammer at this pain and this grief and this trauma. And I'm just going to take it out. You know, they just want so much to just chisel away at it. Where really it's this softening that starts to happen and this going in to allow yourself to really feel what is happening in order to then release all of that trauma and all of those doubts or all of those, you know, the stresses, like those things are what's been holding and your attachment to those things or what causes that suffering. You're just like, Oh, holding on to all these things. So it's actually, don't get more things and don't do more, really start to pull away the onion, so to speak, right? They're just the layers of the onion to be like, how can I be more me today? I do less today to just show up as my brilliant, shiny self.
0: <laughs> yeah. I just think like take off the I, – I, it's like I have this vision of like, you know, someone who has his belt on really tight or like the – I've been watching a lot of sort of uh, um, movies that are in period times like, you know, back in the 15th century and things like that where they have these corsets and all these things that are tying themselves up. I'm like, release the corsets. Like, like break it all. Like, we're already here. We're already ourselves. We're already fully innately who we are. It's just like – it's just letting go of all the ways that we've constrained ourselves. And I think that's really like, if anything, this episode today is really just about contemplating, you know, am I taming myself? Am I constraining myself? In what ways am I suppressing and oppressing myself? And how can I just let some of more of myself out?
1: I really love that. about the corsets. I'm going to use that because it's like invisible. Like where are you still wearing invisible corset? (laughs) Where are you cinching it in getting really uncomfortable, but yet you're still walking around barely breathing
0: it's crazy all right well I think this is a really good place to probably end today so thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week Did you enjoy today's episode? Are you ready to be more untamed in your business, in your life? Are you ready to go a little bit wild and find those natural strengths, the natural value that you offer, and a natural way to run your business? Well, this is the kind of work that we do every day in the Women in the Arena program. I get to work with amazing women from around the globe. We work in community together. I work one-on-one with them to help them really break free from all of their limitations. So if this is something that you're interested in and would like to explore, head over to Sonyastatman.com and let's have a chat. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at SonyaStatman.com. See you next week.